Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Coffee with a friend is like capturing joy in a cup. Welcome to the Coffee with Jenny B podcast, hosted by Jenny B, a lover of all things coffee. Each week, Jenny will chat about connecting over coffee, what brings her joy, and everything in between. A lot can happen over coffee, so grab a cup, sit back, and enjoy. Now here's your host, Jenny B. Hello and welcome. Once upon a time, that is how our fairy tales began when we were children. It was always about some magical tale that involved princesses, dragons, ogres, cowboys, policemen, firemen. And we loved listening to the stories because we could imagine ourselves being in one of those stories. And even after listening to the stories, we would play dress up. You know, we would dress up as princesses or Maybe we would pretend to be a knight and we would pretend to fight those dragons. But it was make-believe and it was fun and it was something to look forward to. But as we grew up, we left behind the make-believe. We left behind the ideas of being a princess or a knight or any one of those characters that were in the fairy tale books. But did we leave behind the idea of our identity? Now think about it for a moment. When you are pretending to be a princess, you are embodying everything that means to be a princess. You might wear the costume. You might pretend to act a certain way. But it was a big part of who you are. And so you weren't you in that moment. You were being a princess. And so if your mother or father called you by your name, you would say, I'm Princess Guinevere. And that was your make-believe. But when we think about who we are as an adult, we think about, who am I really? Am I a grandmother? which I am. I absolutely adore my granddaughter, Lenny. Am I a Zumba instructor? Yes, I am. Do I teach at the University of Winnipeg Pace? Yes, I'm an instructor. Am I a wife? Yes, I am a wife to my husband, Frank. Am I a mother? Yes, I'm a mother to my son, Stephen, and my daughter, Crystal. And I'm a friend. I'm a colleague. I'm any one of these types of characters, and I play them all. 
and not all at the same time, but they're a part of who I am. I'm also 61, so some might consider that old, although I think 60 is a new 40, so that to me isn't very old. But when I stop to think about all the different roles I play, I have to stop and think, well, which one am I really? Because I'm all of them, but which one am I playing today? Or which one am I playing at that moment? So can I be more than one? Or am I relegated to the role of being what I am at that moment? And if you think about how we perceive ourselves, so we may think of ourselves a certain way, but we always tend to worry, or I should preface it by saying, I always tend to worry and think about what others are thinking. What do they see when they see me? Do they see what I think they see, or do I imagine that they see something else? And there's always that thought in your mind that somehow they are judging you, or they are, perhaps they are hoping that you are going to be something else. You know, when you you meet someone and they have this perceived notion, or perhaps you've been talking to someone on the phone, you've been communicating on social media, you perhaps even see a picture of what that person looks like. But then when you actually get to meet them and to talk with them, are you happy and excited because they are exactly how you imagine them to be? Or are you disappointed because they're just not what I expected? And the thing about that is it's nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with the other person. It's their perception of who you are. But that perception of who you are tends to almost control the way that you respond to people or the way you act around certain people. Let me explain this in a different way. I spoke about energy a few episodes ago. I talked about how energy is all around us. We're all full of energy. And I also talked about how I'm a very energetic person. I I think I've always been very energetic. I remember as a child, I remember my my parents telling me that I ran before I walked. <laughs> so I was I was always on the go, even even at a, a young age of nine months old. And I was always busy running and running and running. And sometimes I wouldn't watch where I was going. And so I would fall and hurt myself. And I remember falling. I think I was two years old. My mother said I was running and I wasn't watching where I was going, which I think applies to most two-years-old two children that they, they just run and, and trip over their feet. But she said that I, I ran and I tripped. I landed on my chin and I, I split my chin wide open. And I remember my mother saying that she didn't know if I had broken my teeth or what was going on and there was blood everywhere. So she wrapped a towel around my face, uh, took an ambulance. No, it wasn't an ambulance at the time. I think she called a cab and went to the hospital and I had split open the skin around my chin. And so I remember she told me that I got nine stitches and I still have the scar today. You can't see it, but, but I was 
too busy to watch where I was going. And so I just ran and tripped. And when you think about that type of energy that you have, sometimes it is too much for others. And I know that lately I've been reading posts on on social media from my friends who post about the idea that they've been told they're too much of something. You're too energetic. You're too loud. You're too bossy. You're too opinionated. You're too much fill in the blank. And it's funny because as women, as most of us, I suppose, I can't speak for everyone, but our first reaction is to apologize, to say, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean that. But we shouldn't be apologizing for who we are. We shouldn't be apologizing for owning our self, owning our energy, owning our opinions. We shouldn't have to apologize for any of that to anyone. And most of all, we shouldn't apologize to ourselves. We should embrace whatever it is that we are and enjoy it and live it and broadcast it to the world. Yes, I am energetic person. And if my energy is too much for you, well, maybe you're not the right whatever it is for me. I shouldn't have to dim down, dumb down, put myself in a box, make myself seem invisible. You know, the whole idea of if I shrink into myself, if I keep my arms close to my body and hunch my shoulders over and keep my head down, and if I quietly walk past you, Maybe you won't notice me because I don't want you to notice me. Because now if, I, if you notice me, I'm going to have to interact with you. No, I say. Open your arms. Throw back your shoulders. Head held high. Chest lifted. You are a magnificent creature. You have a right to speak your voice. You have a right to own your space. I remember I was working for uh, an organization. And I was told that I was too much. And at the time, I didn't apologize for saying I was too much or, or whatever, but I noticed that my demeanor changed. I stopped putting myself out there, you know, because I'm, I'm always the person that has all the great ideas. Hey, let's do this. And I've got a plan for that. And, oh, I've got a great idea for, you know, they call it blue skying. And I've always been the type of person that, comes up with these amazing ideas for different things. And not all of them come to fruition. Not all of them are even viable, but it's all about dreaming, right? And if you think about my beginning of talking about fairy tales and once upon a time and pretending to be that princess or pretending to be that character, it's the same thing. It's a dream. You dream and you're living this fantasy. Or maybe at nighttime after you know, when you're a child and after a fairy tale was read to you by your mother, you're dreaming of being a princess. And, you know, you're in a castle and you're being rescued by a knight on a white steed. But it's the same when you're an adult and you're dreaming, except you're dreaming out loud. Or maybe you're daydreaming. You know, you're sitting at your job and it's not where you want to be. You're not happy, you're not fulfilled, but it pays the bills. And so you dream of a better life. You dream of, oh, I wish I could, or I wonder if I could, or you know that little hobby that I have of whatever that hobby is, 
you know, maybe I could turn that into my business. Maybe I could quit this job, quit that nine to five and work for myself, be my own boss, follow my passion. Hi, it's Jenny. We'll get back to the show in a moment. But first, I invite you to check out my website, coffeewithjennyb.ca. That's Jenny with a G, where you'll find all the links to my episodes. You'll also find a variety of coffee gifts available for purchase, including my branded bag of Red Door Coffee Beans from Harrison's Coffee Company. As well, you'll find a link to join the Winnipeg Coffee Community Facebook group. I'll also be posting info about upcoming coffee tours and coffee nights. So keep checking my website for updates. You can also follow me on Instagram at Coffee with Jenny B. Now let's get back to the show. And it's not always about the money. It's about you and how you feel. So when you are following your passion, and I talked about again in that energy episode, when you're following your passion, when you're doing something you love, it's like time stands still. But when you're not, it feels like work. And so in that instance at work, when I dimmed the light for myself because I was told I was too much. And so in order to fit in with the culture, I suppose, or the atmosphere at that particular location, I just kept to myself. I didn't offer ideas. I didn't put myself out there any more than I needed to. But you know what happened is I started to doubt myself. I started to think that perhaps I wasn't worthy. I wasn't good enough. There's a name for it. It's called imposter syndrome, where you doubt yourself and you think, oh, you know, if only they knew, if only they knew that I can't do this or I couldn't, or I'm, they're going to find out I'm a fraud, I'm a fake, or you get caught up in that idea of being perfect. There's no such thing as perfect. There's imperfection in everything, in nature, in us. Even the most perfect person that you think is perfect, they're not perfect. Everybody has little imperfections. And one of my favorite authors, uh, Brené Brown, she's written several books. And on her podcast and in her presentations and speeches, she talks about the idea of imperfection. And so how we need to almost get over ourselves and realize that it doesn't have to be perfect, but it just has to get done. So if you're waiting to create that perfect podcast, if you're waiting, waiting to create that book or waiting to whatever it is that you've had that dream and you keep putting it off because, well, it's not perfect and I can't do it unless it's perfect. It's never going to get done. Let me repeat that. It is never going to happen or get done. Take my podcast, for instance. I had this dream that I wanted to do this, but I'd never done a podcast before. I didn't know what was involved. I know I wanted to talk about coffee, but how much, <laughs> how much can I talk about coffee and keep it interesting every single week? If I had let my self-doubts or my feeling of being an imposter get in the way, I would never have started it. But I decided that it was time for me to do something for me. 
And so I took that leap of faith. I said, yes, and here I am. I think about Richard Branson. He is the owner of Virgin. Virgin Airlines and other parts of that company, I don't exactly know what his empire is, but I remember he said, and I'm paraphrasing here because I can't remember the exact quote, but he said, say yes, and then figure out how to do it. I think that's an awesome thing to think about. Because if you don't say yes, you're missing out on that opportunity. You're missing out on fulfilling that dream that you've always had. You're missing out on making something for yourself. And so you have to think about saying yes. But when you're saying yes to something, you have to say no to other things. Say no to that self-doubt. Say no to those naysayers. Say no to the people who are trying to put you down, telling you that you are too much. Say, no, I am not too much. I am not this. I am not that. This is what I am. I am an energetic person. I have opinions, and I'm going to tell you why. And I am going to own it. And so you think about how that feels, that power, that power of taking back control of yourself and being proud to be who you are. And when you think about who you are and getting back to thinking about what your identity is and what role you're playing, a huge part of what makes up your identity is your name. Because your name is something that you own and it is who you are. But when people call you by a different name or mispronounce your name or misspell your name, it's like they are discounting your identity. Now, let me say that it's not, it's usually not done on purpose. People, they hear a certain thing and they think of something else. So for instance, my, my full name is Genevieve, but I've always been called Jenny with a G. Most people, when they think about Jenny, they think Jenny with a J, which is short for Jennifer. And growing up as a little girl, people would call me Jennifer, but they would also call me different variations of the name Jenny. So I was called Jeannie, Janie, Ginny, Jennifer, all kinds of variations of the name Jenny. And as a little girl, I didn't correct them because I hadn't truly formed my identity and I didn't want to speak out against my elder. So it was usually adults who would call me the different variations of my name. Not my parents, of course, but others. Until one day, I either had the, the strength or courage or whatever it was that I actually corrected them. And I said, no, my name is Jenny with a G. And I would get these strange looks. It's like, what? What? No, it's Jennifer. No, my name is not Jennifer. My name is Jenny with a G. And I would correct people over and over again by maintaining that this is my name. This is part of my identity. And if you call me by something else, that's not me. That's somebody else. It's not me. And even when you get an email or a text or a letter that they are addressing you by your name and they spell your name wrong, it's up to you to correct it and let them know that my name is Jenny 
with a G. And I don't mean to be pushy or rude about it. It's usually, oh yeah, and by the way, my name is Jenny with a G, followed by a smiley face. And most times people go, oh yeah, that's right. Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot. Or, oh, okay. Thank you for reminding me. Or, you know, autocorrect will change it, which is fine. But if I've reminded you that my name is Jenny with a G and you still insist on spelling it with a J, that just shows me that you're not paying attention or you don't care or it doesn't bother, it doesn't matter to you that what my name is spelled. And so names are really important. And it's another way of claiming your identity. It's another way of letting the world know who you are. I think of that song by Helen Reddy, I am woman, hear me roar. That's right. That's right. So if you're going to try and put me in a box, you're going to try and to diminish my power, you are going to tell me that I'm too much of something, you're going to mispronounce my name or call me by a different name. I'm going to roar and I'm going to tell you, my name is Jenny with a G. I am energetic. I am bossy. I am opinionated. And if you don't like it, well, I'm sorry, but that's your problem, not mine. Wow. Just saying all of this makes me realize how much work I've done over the years, but how much work I still have to do on myself. Because there are still times when I have that self-doubt. When the students give me their evaluations, out of 20 students, 19 give me glowing reviews, and then one person tells me I, I was horrible or whatever it is. And I fixate on that one review, which is crazy because it's that one person's opinion. And yet I had 19 telling me how wonderful I was. So why am I so fixated and so bothered by that one comment? Because it triggers something. It feeds into that little bit of self-doubt that you have in your abilities. And so you need to change your thoughts. You know, when I mentioned in one of my episodes about Jay Shetty, it's stop, spot, and swap. So instead of fixating on that one review, read it, acknowledge it was there, and just say, oh, okay, so maybe I can learn something from that review or not. But I need to put it away and then think about all the other reviews that I got and that make me feel happy and proud and that I've made a difference to these 19 students who had responded to me with their comments and their appreciation. And that is what gives me that feeling of satisfaction and reminds me that yes, I am a good teacher. I am doing a good job. And so I leave you with this thought. If you are having those self-doubts, stop and think about why that is happening. And then think about all the wonderful things that you are and that you do and own your stuff. Proclaim it to the world. Tell them your name and roar. So until next time, think about how wonderful you are. Think about all that you have to offer to the world and be proud of it. Thanks so much for listening. If you like Coffee with Jenny B and want to know more, connect with Jenny on Instagram at Coffee with Jenny B. That's Jenny with a G. Until then, all you need is joy and more coffee.
It's said that the more time you have to invest, the greater the return. Well, guess what? Kids have the most time if we learn to invest early. That's why I created the Cash Kid Podcast, where I teach kids and some adults financial skills they need to know on how to earn, save, and invest their money. Join me on this journey as we interview experts and explore topics that allow you to grow your money as kids. This podcast will help you become the money expert among your family and friends. Just remember, anyone can be a cash kid. You just have to learn how to become one. Get ready to grow your financial knowledge and your wallet with the Cash Kid Podcast.